Hey, Marcia, how are you today? I'm doing well. What about you, Dirk? Excellent. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, as we, in our warm-up, we're just talking about rain. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rainy day here, but I'm not so sure if my rain is going to be your rain or vice versa. I think we're too far apart for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes my hurricane can become your rain. <laughs> oh, yes. Actually, that is very true. Um, uh, two, three days after your hurricanes, it usually gets wet up here. Yes. Hi, everyone. How's your weather? <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is Dirk. And this is Marcia. And we're on a mission to make companies more customer-centric. Well, if you followed our series, you've heard us talking about some of the main concepts from the customer experience toolbox. Customer journey, touch points, moments that matter, or ecosystem. And uh, while these are extremely effective helpers on your path to customer centricity, these are tools. I mean, we fell in love with them, right, Marcia? And we've yes. been using them all over again and had great successes. But <laughs> tools alone never move the needle. Just because you've implemented Salesforce.com, which can be truly amazing, mm -hmm. uh, does not mean your organization is now on an unwavering path to customer centricity. Tools mm -hmm. are cold. People fill them with life. It's like, what good is a racing car if you don't have a driver? What good is Salesforce.com if your people are not filling it with quality information? And we have lots mm -hmm. of those examples, right? Yes. yes. Um, today, we want to start the discussion about the role of leadership in a customer centricity process or basically any transformation. And we want to mention that we want to talk about the first major hurdle leaders need basically to overcome. And um, we decided to go with a real-life example, something um, – uh, we experienced as consultants to clients. Um, um, here, it, here it comes. So imagine you hire people without proper or non-specialist education. Then you give them basic to minimal training only. You place them at the lowest la layer of your hierarchical pyramid. And then, of course, you know, with that, you pay them the lowest salary in the organization. Mm -hmm. And then, but then... You ask that group of people to handle 70%, 70% of all your customer interaction. It does sound kind of paradox, doesn't it? It sounds, Dirk. And uh, that's how many companies set up their customer services. Customer service. Mm -hmm. yeah. When there are no standards, no appreciation, and uh, what we also found is lack of training. It often comes down to the individual uh, to have a relationship or to have to build a relationship with the customer, despite of not being truly trained or how the organization set it up. So they go the extra mile. And because they believe in the importance of the relationship with their ability to walk in the customer's shoes, right? They, yeah. they use that. As yeah, a, they can do that. Yeah, yeah but the, the problem is that thinking of customer centricity, that none of these is reliable and repeatable. And the one customer that must be, may be lucky because she or he was very engaged and committed with an individual on the phone 
whereas another customer might be taking to a representative with a bad day or someone really working following the book only yeah. or the rules and should never taking a, a customer service job in the first place. Yeah, and I think um, you and I and probably probably everyone who's mm -hmm. listening to us has experienced these mm -hmm. three things, like uh, a customer service experience that is highly engaged, one that feels like technical and one where you have the impression mm -hmm. maybe that person should be doing a completely job after all. Um, yeah. So, um, but there might be some viewers who say, no, 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 the company I work with is different. And To be very honest, we love to hear that. We know there are lighthouses approaching customer experience and, you know, as part of it, customer service in a very different way. And um, we talk about this quite often, but the situation is that most companies out there, it's oftentimes more the rule than the exception that customer service comes sort of last. Mm -hmm. um, especially for those companies that have existed before the 21st century. We always like to say the new economy was built around an idea of the customer, an idea of serving mm -hmm. a customer need. Whereas those companies who have existed longer than that, they, um, they were you know, founded around a certain product or service. Mm -hmm. And the customer for them, the customer has always been more at the receiving end and maybe never at the full center of their attention true so and then when it comes to that example of customer service that i started with um, um it is a you know some decision we always like to say this some decision has been made at the top to run that busiest interface to the customers in a certain way and mm -hmm. that takes us right into leadership territory and what we usually find is that You know, that decision to do customer service in a certain way is usually never a deliberate decision. It's, mm -hmm. I don't know, unintentional or even accidental. And quite often it's, it's a notice, it's a non-decision because it's just a continuation of practice that has existed for decades. Yeah, yeah. And it's a different world out there now, right? It is. How? The competitive landscape is so different from most uh, products being commodities in a way that and customers different and a uh, 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 different animal too, right? So not too long ago, your customers were used to be treated as a number. And just to remember, there was no internet, no reviews. People couldn't do the shout out about their bad experiences. But today's customer They want to be seen. They want to be heard, right? And valued, of course. And it seems that organization is uh, uh, with a long story, take long, long way, or it's harder for them to acknowledge that change. Yeah, and that, that's, that's something we always experience when we work with them. The, mm -hmm. um, um, the big question is always for us, how to address that, yeah? So um, how to help them see that? And I remember in one instance, we did expose a C-suite to a lot of facts that we had gathered around their, you know, let's call it their customer experience. Mm -hmm. It didn't deserve the name at the time, but it was their customer experience. Yeah. And when we came to the customer service portion of it, they fell off their chairs. It was um, that when they saw that the lowest paid employees, and it was also a group that would usually were, um, you know, 
took the deepest cuts during restructurings because they were chronically undervalued. When mm -hmm. that group, they, when they saw that that group was handling 80% of all customer interactions. I mean, what does that say about my attitude and my idea of how I want to treat a customer? And so I remember that the room was filled with surprise at first, some shock and some disbelief. And I saw mm -hmm. people's question on their faces, like, can this data be true? And if, if yes, what does it mean? And is this wrong or is this right what we're doing? And is there something I need to do about it? Or uh, should I just uh, kill that messenger in front of me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which in this case would be URI. <laughs> and um, what we found is they had been looking at some of the aspects of their business for years with the same deep underlying assumptions. Mm -hmm. You know, like a great product will always save the day. That's an underlying assumption. And mm -hmm. too often their response to waning demand or decreasing profit, you mentioned products are basically commoditized these days. Yes. Yeah? So the typical reaction we see is the same old cut cost, layoff people, optimize processes, work harder, things we've mm -hmm. been doing for basically forever. Yeah. Dirk, it seems like it's a bird in a cage, right? So yeah, the bird is. doesn't know that is sitting in a cage. The cage is its world. So before you can explore your reach, do things differently and eventually get free from the cage, yeah. you need to recognize your limitations. Yeah, and talking about this, when you look at, you know, the, the people we usually work with uh, when we start a process, it's mm -hmm. senior decision makers and they are in their late 40s or in their 50s. And just to take one, p one example, they all grew up in a world without computers. Yeah, yeah. They probably first laid uh, hands on a computer as teens or even later. Yeah. They are all digital immigrants. We're all digital immigrants mm -hmm. at, this, at this age, five. yeah. And the knowledge they were told in business schools and on the job everything was developed as the 20th century knowledge and yeah. market, not the 21st century, oh. right? So um, talking about underlying assumptions, right? Everything they are hearing and experience now is not established on such a deep layer as their college education or their experience in their first, first uh, five or 10 years in their careers, Yeah, and um, now you say that I experienced that myself. So because everything we experience, see these days is new because we're the, really the first generation that deals with internet, mobile, and connectivity. So in a way, it's probably no wonder that many solutions to today's problems we see seem not to fit the problem itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So right, wrong, or indifferent, we are all in own cages, so in our own cages. So shifting an organization from product to customer focus needs the leaders to acknowledge and challenge their deep underlying assumptions. So yeah. only birds in a cage put untrained and underpaid employees in front of their customers. Uh, birds in a cage, I like that a lot. Um, well, um, if that's not a good point Bob, to wrap it up, right? We want to keep these short and crisp. Um, there's much more to come. Um, there are many books and smart articles about customer experience or customer centricity, but what, what we want to say today, it's the magic always lies in the implementation. 
And any customer centricity process you want to start, it has to begin with self-awareness at the top. Now, when was the last time you faced the brutal facts and realized that you should be approaching things maybe from a completely different angle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we uh, hope you've enjoyed today's episode. This is Dirk. And this is Marcia. And we are on a mission to make companies more customer-centric. We are. Goodbye, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Thank you. See you soon. See you soon.